0: Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the preview show on Football Ramble Daily, sponsored by Betway. My name is Margus
1: Speller. My name is Pete Donaldson. My name is Jim Campbell. And my name is... Can we get back into the studio together now, please? Soon. Thank you. Well, where's
0: Luke Moore this morning? Uh, We won't miss him. Ah, he fooled us, ladies <laughs> and a gentlemen. A cunning trick disguised as Jim Campbell. It's often helped him in the past when he's entered a nightclub. Yeah. And Marcus, now I can say what I want. He can now say what he wants, everybody. How are we doing, chaps? Good news. Premier League's going to return on the 17th of June this year,
1: 2020. Oi, oi.
2: Mm. With <laughs> uh,
1: Sheffield United match,
2: <laughs> you, you, Marcus, you need to you need to address one of us individually because we're not in the same room. Otherwise, it sounds yeah. really underwhelming. Should um, yeah. I chomp I, 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 I in with my with my trademark enthusiasm? Yes, please. please. I'll just say it's subject to government approval. Who's next?
1: <laughs> they will do anything to distract right now, Loki. Yeah. You'll have them out tomorrow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, would you
0: say that uh, are you scared of Manchester City, Jim? Uh, because Arsenal are going there, or I mean, is 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 the Etihad Stadium not the Barnard Castle that it once was? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think actually the, the lack of
3: fans will probably suit Arsenal in away games because it'll feel
1: like a home
3: game. <laughs> uh,
2: that really is a colossal loss of revenue.
3: Yeah, it really is. No, um, I, I, I have no idea what to expect from this because I don't know how well they've been training. I don't know um, what sort of shape the teams are going to be in. They've got a three-week sort of pre-season from now, haven't they, to get ready. But I from it's been a long time. But from what I remember, I think Man City were a bit better than Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw the re- reverse. Check your fixture memory the, bank. Yeah, yeah I saw the, <laughs> saw the reverse fixture at the Emirates, and they, they they just like a cat toying with a mouse before murdering it. Um, so hopefully, it'll be a bit different this time around. Um, it was it was Arteta's first game, wasn't it? So obviously, he's he's had a chance to learn a lot. But I'm just delighted that, that, that it's going to be back. I tell you what is going to be weird. It, it's very strange watching the Bundesliga. Uh, with, with no fans and obviously they've got some iconic stadiums, but obviously, you know, every stadium in the Premier League is, is really recognisable to all of us because it's what we watch week in, week out. So seeing Old Trafford with no fans in it and the Emirates and Stamford Bridge and, and, and mm. you know, all of these different places is, is going to be an extra level of weird, but I'm ready for it.
1: I was enjoying the fact that the uh, Japanese uh, have um, started a weird like app system where they'll basically put loads of speakers up in the the, where the the people would be sitting in the football uh, in the bleachers uh, on the seats, and uh, you can have an app where you can press a button for different chants, so everyone can choose to do a particular chant at a particular time. It's
2: really spooky. (laughs) So I'd like more of that, please. Yeah, that's yeah. really interesting. I mean, the the um the the noise that's been pumped into some of the German games, um, I think's actually worked really well. I was quite, I had yeah, a bit of trepidation so, about it at the start, but I think it's definitely better than making it sound like our friend Kate Mason said, which is like it sounds like a regional swimming gala, otherwise, which doesn't <laughs> yes. really fit what you're watching. But but Marcus, one thing I, I did want to mention, which I think is really really going to be a really interesting dimension to this football when it returns, which we of course assume it will. I, I mean, obviously joking about the government approval thing but that has still got to to happen there's a certain amount of criteria that's got to be satisfied but we expect that to happen but one interesting dimension as regular listeners to otc on a thursday will will know is that in germany home advantage is now essentially dead it's like there's nothing really yes. in it anymore there's only been a handful of home wins i think mm-hmm. in the last round of fixtures there were two um and so it will be very, very interesting to see how that manifests itself in um, in the Premier League, and if it's replicated across, obviously, Spain and Italy as well. Because that that'll make a real difference to to what we expect to see, won't it? Mm. I uh, liked what
0: the Danish side is it Aarhus? Uh, I forgive pronunciation. Yes. Yeah, what they did with all the uh, <clears throat> fans uh, joining in, like they, they zoomed in, if you like, and they had a yeah. big wall of them for the <laughs> opening game of the season. I think, I mean, I. I mean, you do open yourself up to, uh, to a lot of nonsense there and I'm all for willy-coptering. it. Willy Exactly.
1: <laughs> you could, you could, everyone could be willy at the same time. Uh, Tom, <laughs> yeah. has, uh, Tom on the emails did point out that uh, I should be pretty happy because Newcastle are technically six points off a European place due to City's ban. Um, can you imagine Steve <laughs> Bruce lifting the famous Europa League trophy in sunny Seville next May? Pochettino could never. Uh, thank you for that, Tom. A little early email
0: there. <laughs> nice. No, uh, no, designed
1: to excite and upset in equal measure.
0: Um, Peak Donaldson. Yes, after (laughs) Manchester City and uh, Arsenal, and of course Aston Villa and Sheffield United, after these two grudge matches, we then have uh, we have more (laughs) Premier League, and 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 when those two are out the way, each team will have would have played twenty nine grueling Premier League games, and after that, we'll have each each side will have eight games to try and prove who will be king of the
2: Premier League. (laughs) Are you all right? <laughs> it's, 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 has Marcus been replaced by Vince
1: McMahon? Have
2: you taken a hyperbole pill? Hey, Marcus, I, blink hostage situation If you've been in Morse code if you, yeah. if you need
0: to. Can I just say how excited I am about the Saudi Arabian <laughs> Still takeover?
1: <going>. Of <laughs> <Wisconsin> <laughs> He's in the pocket of being. He's in the pocket <laughs> of being, guys.
0: Yeah. Um, and uh, I will be guesting on uh, the biggest football show in the world, <laughs> Hosted
2: by Keyes and Gray, Pete. be <laughs> in hate. Um, be in hate the prospect. Listen, yeah, all you got do. to do is just take check, check out uh, Richard Keys and Andy Gray's output to know that be in uh, are very much a uh, against any any kind of takeover. Yeah, because
0: they're they're at Qatar. They're for Qatar, and Qatar exactly, hotel, exactly right. Uh, Absolutely, There's for some, some, some sort of beef going on there. I think I can say that.
3: Well, they've never seen anything untoward themselves, have they? So let's just, no. you know, let's take their <laughs>
2: word for that. But you guys, one, one, one thing that's also a really exciting development um, for many of our listeners and for us as well will be the fact that there's going to be games for the first time in Premier League history, I believe, on free-to-air uh, BBC yes, platforms, well, which, is, which is fascinating.
1: Oh, did, did, did the Beeb not get the first year? Oh, yeah, of course I did. they wouldn't have, would they?
2: Maybe it's the first year, maybe. But I, right. I, I think it's definitely no, the I first time since the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, that is very,
3: very exciting. And also like the, the volume of it is going to be brilliant, given how much we've sort of been starved of it as well, because they have got to do a lot in a short period. It's going to be like that Michelin and sketch, the football, it never ends and then it starts again. <laughs> it's, it's actually
0: going to be, even though that yeah. was critical, it's going to be great. Yeah, well, it'll all be crammed into a six week period, of course. And there is apparently a plan B, which I've not. Seen yet, but there were some options they were discussing either yesterday or today where if there's a second wave of infection, what they, they might do. Uh, but, Peter, something that uh, you'll be very, very uh, heartened by is uh, that Newcastle United were the first team to post photos of them taking part in full contact training. So uh, wow. if they're not ready for, for this. Um, Steve
2: Bruce eating
1: a big bacon sarnie.
2: It was just John Joe oh, Shelby swinging for someone. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Why has Bellas turned up with a golf club? <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, they're at home to
0: uh, to Sheffield United, only days after Sheffield United go away to Aston Villa, of course. And we've got an Everton derby uh, in just a few weeks' time, which seems quite incredible, really. Uh, but they did say that um, there, was, there, was, there was this chat that some of the bigger games may be hosted in neutral venues to make sure fans don't turn up. It's
1: sort of all Shum-shu. guess the location. <laughs> I wonder which, which one with the massive clock. <laughs> Actually, most of them have got quite a lot of clocks. Oh, no, I'm confused. Quickly, oh. to East London, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There should be tunnels built between every kind of London um, football stadium so they just run or get one of those kind of underground post office trains to the next venue and finish the match there. Oh, lovely.
3: I, I don't know about that, Pete. I feel like that may be a useful tool for hooliganism.
1: <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? <laughs>
0: it's like, oh, yeah, we just head down the tunnel for a ruck. <laughs> <laughs> for a ruck. Uh, well, the, uh, the, going back to what you're talking about the um, crowd volume and, and whether they'll pump in the, the crowd uh, noise and all that kind of stuff, players and managers will be told to mind their language when the league resumes. Uh, Of course, a number of little enhancements have been touted to make the uh, the coverage a little bit more varied. Cameras in dressing rooms, we mentioned that before, halftime interviews, they're the kind of more standard ones. Then there were suggestions that Mike could be put in technical areas, but there's obviously some opposition to that idea because it (laughs) would um, potentially end careers. Uh, And one idea uh, for players uh, is to film a pre-match clip of themselves in the team hotel or on the coach as a part of a build up to the game.
1: It's like out the match with Andy Brassel. It is. Yeah. (laughs) But with more hippie crack, presumably. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Everyone doing balloons in their hotel
3: room. (laughs) Yeah. This might be one of those things that stays, though. Like, we might see the birth of, um, in the same way that we quite often, you can tell that, like, a player is thinking about media training and maybe looking at becoming a pundit. Maybe they'll now start being YouTubers. Like, if you get someone (laughs) who's genuinely, like, amazing at making these little
0: videos, they might go on to be, like you know a, a jackmate. do you think do you think like uh, like someone <laughs> like Jesse Lingard who's been linked away with moves you know this is where he would yeah. excel and the he club may shine, say he would shine absolutely yeah at the end of the season the club just say to him look Jesse it's not really working out on the pitch but you have been fantastic we're going to change your yeah. role and salary so that you are now like the in-house kind of production guy yeah and, uh, <laughs> and you're no longer a footballer <laughs> demeaning yeah. Isn't it demeaning to a professional athlete that well it, w- it would be I, I wouldn't want to, to see it happen of course Still remember that goal against that's, Panama, don't I? That's
1: yeah. so rude, uh, Luke, because you've been having a go at that, that, that for such a long time. Yeah, I don't think he's so that good a good football
2: player. That's why. But I do understand that <laughs> there's, there's um, yeah, we've discussed the reasons that might be the case for it. But I, it's an interesting situation with, with how it's going to come back in what form. And and we, we, we clearly sort of anticipated a while back that certain authorities not just in this country but around europe as well will certainly use this situation to have some kind of land grab of some description now whether it'll be yeah. um from the lower leagues i mean we talked about in spain this week the idea that they're trying to push through monday night games something that there's been a lot of opposition to but they're saying they're using the fig leaf of that you know we have to get these games done um for their for it to and, and monday night is a good time to do it and then Obviously, yeah. in Germany, they were successfully able to fight off Monday night games. Anyway, it's clearly a situation where the broadcaster will use it as a chance to get a land grab as well because they're the, let's face it, they're the one of the driving forces behind this because they... Because the football clubs and the football authorities want to keep the money offered to them by broadcasters, so they have to deliver this product, and the broadcasters yeah. will use, I expect, whatever advantage they can to to get these types of things that you're talking about, Marcus. I, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing per se, because I think for the amount of money that fans are asked to pay, um, they should get as much um, insight as possible. But however, that I mean, we shouldn't compromise the sport, though, should we? That's the problem.
1: Yeah. UEFA have been trying to do weekend Champions League matches for, for for quite a long time now, even possibly you know doing matches at, um, over the pond and stuff. But like, so that might come into it as well. The Premier League starts doing matches every day uh, uh, that, that God sends, and then so suddenly the Saturday and Sundays aren't quite as sacred as they used to be, and 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 we become a bit more flexible in that and that side of things. But you're right. I mean, it, this will be. Like everybody else seems to be doing, it will be used for uh, evil, <laughs> in some yeah. in somebody's uh, opinion.
3: I think it's an interesting time for the um, for the TV companies as well, isn't it? Because uh, they're going to have to innovate, and as, as you say, Luke, they're going to try a land grab. Because I think what what looms large is the specter of the Premier League just creating their own streaming platform. You know, I mean, we've seen games on Amazon; it worked really well. You know, um, I think everybody's thinking that that is probably the future, isn't it? And it's it's been uh it's been frosty between them hasn't it so to speak there's been a few um a, a few examples of, of of confusion over whether they would these companies would pay for uh for the fixtures if they couldn't be if they couldn't be completed and you'd argue that that's fair enough as a it's has it's been a very complicated thing and you would think that they would be worried that this pushes that streaming platform closer to reality so they're going to be wanting to do everything they can at the moment to make themselves relevant really and
1: adapt well I- Obviously the Premier League has has got a, a, a um, deals in place with a, a million different uh, broadcasters around the world but I mean I think what everyone's been talking about for the past couple of years is the Premier League you know taking away the Barclays branding or, or whoever they had uh, and putting just their own branding on it like the NFL does we yeah. are the Premier League and we will have a streaming service that you can watch all of the matches you want all of the football you want whenever you want with all of the uh, previous matches that have ever taken place in the Premier League you can have them on our streaming service what runs... Counter to that is um, companies such as the WWE, for example. Obviously, I do a WrestleMania podcast. Um, Vince McMahon's in a situation where he's his shareholders are sort of say "Look, you've put everything on a, one network, one kind of network where everything that the WWE and all of these subsidiary companies have ever made is in one place, and it's one subscription yeah. fee. And you think you'd make more money than that, but uh, with that way, but with the pay per views and stuff, they're actually losing out money. So, so they're actually there's actually talk of them moving back to the pay per view kind yeah. of by per show kind of system because you don't make quite as much money if you if you have millions of broadcasters fighting over your content because at the end of the day people will pirate uh, when they don't want to pay you know the the, the 10 quid or 15 quid uh, subscription fee for the Premier League every month and it will be more than 15 quid no doubt
2: well the problem with, with the, the thing is Pete the problem with piracy is a large part of the reason that um that's been touted that the Premier League want to do this, and the, and the other reason is to do with um, the price point, right? I think the Premier mm. League. Um, I mean, I'll tell you, who's spoken very eloquently about this is 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 your friend and mine, uh, controversial character as he is, uh, Simon Jordan, who who obviously ex Crystal Palace chairman. He's been at the forefront of talking about this, and he said that his argument is basically that. The price points are too high by the broadcasters, which makes basically means that the churn of subscribers is really, really high. Whereas if you if you can get some kind of model, because because basically the Premier League is is far more successful around the world than something like the WWE. That's where I think the analogy kind of falls down. Because if the Premier League can essentially set up a genuinely global streaming service at a certain um, level of well thought out price points that are a lot lower than than um, what Sky Sports, BT Sport, and whoever else offer. The churn will be a lot lower, and they can therefore hoover up almost quite literally up billions and billions. And it be yeah. it wouldn't even be um, it wouldn't even be a comparison.
1: But also, the problem we've got in this country is that, I mean, you know, we, we, we love BT Sport, we love Sky Sports because that's how we consume the bloody football. But Amazon has sort of shown that doesn't, you don't have to have a box under your telly. You don't have to have this weird, obscure app that you, you have to put onto a particular um, yeah. or watch your prize Like yeah. It's so much easier to watch through Amazon because they've just thought, about, well, we don't need an app to protect our IP. We've only got a few matches a season. Uh, as long as the Premier League can somehow, uh, you know, algorithmically kind of stop people from restreaming their stuff, which will be very, very difficult. Let's make that very clear. Um, but if you make it as easy as possible and cheap as possible and allow it to be viewed in a browser rather than having a box in the Italian or a weird app that will only run on iPhone or, and you know, it, it just makes it a hell of a lot easier, doesn't it? Mm. Mm. Give them a
0: rebate for crying out loud. And, and, they, should use, <laughs>
1: and, they, should, and they should use WWE as a, as a, as a model for uh, how their app works. It's a fantastic piece of work. If you've never indulged, have a look. It's, it's really, really well put together and a really thoughtfully um, – Administered. Has Vince got to you? What is going on thinking, here? I yeah. think Vince might have got to you, yeah. I'm
0: uh, <laughs> in mean, wrestling lord well, gentlemen, back to uh, Premier League Matters. Jose Mourinho believes there will be less crazy transfers when football resumes. And he said, I would like my club, and I like how he says my club there, because he's probably not sure which one it is, because he's been at a few. So he says, my club to be safe. I would like my club to be what I know, what we will be, sensible, balanced, and not going to spend rivers of money. And I thought, well, that's bollocks, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. Jose Mourinho says, don't worry, there's going to be no more really expensive mad transfers anymore and Spurs fans are expected not to notice any difference. <laughs> <laughs>
3: you just carry on as you oh, were. Yeah, exactly. It won't affect
2: you. Don't worry about it.
3: This there. reeks of sarcasm. He loves an expensive transfer. He hey, lives he for it. Yeah, of it's course. the only way he can get hard these days, I would wager. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't know where that came from. <laughs>
1: Were you looking at a reflection in your room? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Staying in North London, Jimmy, you're concerned David louise's contract is up next month and he's he's looking set to leave Arsenal. Might not be there for yes. this uh, Premier League uh, jamboree that's going to start on the 17th of June. Aren't they having to continue yeah. their
2: contracts, though, to the end of this yeah, season? Or is it, is it?
0: there is. I believe there's an option for that. It's a funny one. I, I think
3: Louise was reported as having signed a two-year deal, but apparently there's a break in it. But, it, I mean, it's not been a sort of... Um, complete success the transfer so maybe arsenal are looking at other options they did bring um um farry in in um in um uh Mary, rather in in the uh in the w- in the window so perhaps they're trying to cut their losses on that he's probably on quite big money
0: so i don't know mm, we do not know
2: it's also he's also william saliba by the way um who's yes on loan stuart st etienne who's expected to uh to, to move across at some point. Uh, Andy was talking about him yesterday and quite an interesting story around his loan uh, um, arrangement and stuff. But he's 19, and Claude Powell was saying um, that um, he thinks the he's accent. top quality, absolutely top quality.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, if Claude likes him, then I like him because Claude's voice sed- seduces me every time. Yeah, that's the um, thing, isn't
2: it? You get kind of seduced into whatever Claude says, you think it's, a good, it's good news.
0: Mm. Yeah, but it is not boring football. Oh, I think it is, Claude, <laughs> but I also think you're right. Yeah, you sort of look like a cartoon mouse and I want to hear more from you. <laughs> Let's move on to the Bundesliga. Of course, uh, come the 17th of June, we won't have to put up with all these Bundesliga bollocks, will we, will we? Yeah, I'll forget it even exists by then. Yeah, exactly, all that nonsense. But until then, uh, we did see um, some decent football. Dortmund lost 1-0 at home to Bayern Munich. Luke yeah. Moore, the men from Munich, Munich sorry, uh, take a big step towards <laughs> another title. Oh dear, yeah. Luke, you must be gutted, mate.
2: I found it very difficult to get over it. Um, it's, I've been terrible to be around because, obviously, as I said to you, mm-hmm. as I repeatedly say, and I make no apology for saying it, when you cut me, I bleed black and yellow. Yeah. And so mm. it's been very, very wrestlers. difficult for me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, exactly. It's been very, very difficult for me. Pete, this is not wrestle me. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> Reset uh, yourself. So am um, <laughs> doing a run so, in. Um, It's not ideal, ideal. but it's not ideal because Bayern Munich are going to win their eighth title in a row and that's just a bit dull, isn't it? It
3: is, isn't it? It's it's absolutely tedious. It must be really annoying as a German football fan as well. Just, um, you know, at least we don't have the same team winning it every year here. And I think that would just really grind you down after a little while, wouldn't you? Especially as Bayern are so smug about it. Yeah, but you would be though, wouldn't you? If you've won yeah, seven but I mean, they, they go out of the way to be very Thomas Müller about the whole thing. Do the they? Germans <laughs> <I> love it? If it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Thomas, I mean,
1: they're you... bond winners.
3: Yeah, they are absolutely, and and fair play to them. But still, like it's, it must be pretty dull if you support labor and like I do. Yeah, <laughs> the company's <laughs> eleven. Oh top, yeah, top
0: battered by Wolfsburg. No one wants that. No, absolutely not. Well, um, before we move on from Dortmund, um, Joshua Kimmich scored a lovely chip from 25 yards. Thomas Muller, mm-hmm. adding to uh, that whole smug vibe, Jim, <laughs> said that the Dortmund keeper, Roman Book, he doesn't have very long arms. So when he's a couple <laughs> of steps off his line, it's possible to chip him.
2: Imagine, I rest my case. Imagine cave.
0: that. <laughs> imagine that. Like a Once raptor. He, he doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> they call him the raptor. The raptor's in golf, <laughs> Chip away. <laughs> Um,
2: chip! So, uh, <laughs> clever girl! <laughs> Shut up, Thomas. Jim, can I just say, at no point did um, Robert Muldoon, played by Bob Peck, say clever girl in that way at all. I think, Jim, did, Jim,
3: did you say clever goal? I said clever girl, but I was doing That's it in the voice of Thomas
2: Muller. I, I don't think I've ever heard Thomas Muller speak, so it confused me.
3: Oh, right. right, I mean, I'm not sure I have, but I just have it in my head <laughs> as this sort of, like, smug almost like court jester that goes around <laughs> pranking people. It
2: sounded a bit like her lip from League of Gentlemen. Y- yeah, okay.
3: there's maybe a, a little bit of uh, a, that sort of dubious quality to it as well. I'd like to apologise to, um, <laughs> to our
1: friends.
3: <laughs> but yeah. not Tom. Oh,
1: now, now the Premier League's back. We don't need them. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Just be rude to all the German listeners. We don't yeah, care.
0: You muggy little <laughs> league. Uh, which is well run, and you don't get nonsense like we have to put up with. But
1: VAR, where was it when you needed it, Luke Moore? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a couple of funny, funny decisions. I hasn't know. There.
2: It's, I, feel like, I feel like in the situation we're currently in and it's, it's, it's all quite surreal and, and we're still sort of feeling our way through uh, back in, back to reality if, if we can in terms of, of the football world at least. I just, I, I find that the existence of VAR actually quite jarring and I don't think I'm ready for it. And I don't, right. I don't think the games that we're watching with no fans played in this quite, I mean, I suppose the intensity has been quite good, but the, the circus around football has been quite tentative. It feels a bit like VAR is stomping all over it with its size fifteen and it's quite unfair. <laughs> yeah. So right. I've I've found it quite hard to process the VAR decisions in, in a yeah. weird. VAR's way. not in all not in it together with us.
1: You know what I mean? No. It's a raw, but it can't yeah. catch it. So it it, no. it kind of feels unhelpful when it kind of gets sticks its uh, sticks its boots in.
2: You can't put the <laughs> genie back in the bottle though. There's a big brother-esque
3: quality to it that's more pronounced mm. uh, in the in the empty stadiums. <laughs>
0: mm. Bar that's the campaign. Yeah. Um yeah, so uh, uh, Pete, you, you, your team were the only side that, that got a point, at least uh, uh, this mm. week, uh, with uh, Hertha drawing tool with RB Leipzig. And uh, Julian Nagels. <laughs> it was very scrappy. Julian Nagelsmann, <laughs> the, the Leipzig coach, wasn't happy with his team. He said they defended like a student team and was very unhappy with what he called the shitty schedule they had to play with um, because they only had a break of four days after their first match back. And I always uh, uh, enjoy being reminded that in Germany, they call it an English week when you've got a midweek yeah. fixture or certainly a bit of yeah. uh, congestion in there. Can
2: I just say, if, if Julian Nagelsmann doesn't want his team to defend like students, then Julian Nagelsmann should think about actually the way he dresses, which ironically yeah. is exactly like a student. Because yeah. if, <laughs> if you lie down with dogs, you get fleas, right? You need, to, you need to understand that you're sending out the wrong message to your team. And there's a picture of him that's come out today, which I'll share on social media, where he is dressed like, uh, you know, literally dressed like a university student and he looks so young as well. I think he's sending the wrong message to his team, and it's and it's yeah. affecting them. He wears boots. <laughs> a lot of footballers do. He, he wears <laughs> boots, Jim. A lot of managers wear boots. He doesn't look weird, like.
1: yeah, because you slip over you don't want to slip over.
3: No, I you didn't uh, you didn't let me finish because of the old bloody lag situation. Bloody uh-huh. lag. And I'm not right. going. Like, to. He wears boots as in like DMs.
1: <laughs> oh, I, I, I actually yeah, quite yeah, like yeah. it.
3: It's got a quite sort of punky look. I think it's all right. But then maybe that says more about me than about how a manager should dress. You're quite punky, Jim. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> punky, funky really. Jim. Um, I like how you clarified that. I mean, I'm not really punky. Yeah, I'm not really. Yeah, I think the listeners will have made their minds up, though, Jim. Uh, well, speaking from uh, of, of managers who like to behave oddly on the touchlines, Louis van Gaal's latest statement about his time at Manchester United has been released. Uh, and I, I mean, I suspect that the reality of this, which is, we're not really interested in the reality of this, ladies and gentlemen, but we'll just say it as a disclaimer to get it out of the way. I suspect that the reality is, this was one interview that he did, uh, you know, a number of weeks ago, and they just sort of staggering the, the quotes. But ah. I think what we really want to believe, and, and is probably more likely, you know, when King Louis is concerned, is just that every now and then, whenever he's interviewed, he talks about, he defends his record and, and time at Manchester United. But this this time round, uh, he said that the club's transfer policy was a bit piss poor while he was there and that they didn't sign the players he wanted. He said that he had to make do with his the seventh or eighth choices on uh, his transfer list. I should point out, though, in two seasons uh, that he spent at the club, he did spend a grand total of two hundred and seventy-four point four million pounds, including Angel Di Maria for fifty-nine point seven million and Anthony Martial for thirty-six million. So the begs the question: Who the hell was at the top of the transfer <laughs> list, and how much yeah. would they have
1: cost? <laughs> Martial's come good, though, hasn't he? Only took five yeah. years. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> you know the um, you know the idea of um, of <laughs> you talking, Marcus, about Louis Van Gaal giving one interview and it being dripped out. I prefer prefer to think of it as yeah. like every week at a certain time with the <laughs> assembled cameras. Louis van Gaal walks a into shop with a couple of pieces of paper, sits mm-hmm. behind the desk <laughs> and just starts opining yeah. on the situation he had at Manchester United years ago. And so uh-huh. people will pick up on it and that he's, he's, he's got nothing else to do. So he's just doing that every week.
0: It's <laughs> just on his balcony. It's the neighbours listening.
3: Yeah. I, I, maybe that's where he records it, but it feels to me like this is uh, <laughs> like sort of something you can sign up to. Like you get your weekly like, Zoom chat slice with, of vitriol uh, Louis. From, from Louis, yeah.
1: Yeah, his big red <laughs> face on the screen, and you're just like, oh, do I need to turn my contrast down? His face is so red, so red.
2: <laughs> is he angry? Is he drunk? I don't know. It just feels, it also feels like a weird kind of area for him to be complaining about because as you say yeah. Marcus like he's obviously been backed he was obviously spent giving a lot of money the players he signed I mean De Maria was an absolute nightmare but I mean that may well be because United didn't do their best to help him settle or it might just be that it's one of those things that you know we've talked about him and his wife and the fact they didn't like living in England and all the rest of it so that can happen I don't think it should yeah. happen at that level with the amount of money involved but it does happen certainly a lot more than just at Man United. Anthony Martial's been, you know, for me, from what I've seen, has been, been decent enough. Of course, it is very hard to remember because it feels like it's about six years since we've watched a football game in, in England. Um, so I, I just feel like it's a weird area for King Louis to get a little bit upset about.
3: And <laughs> his long arms. You would think we're so far down the list of gripes that he's got now. What can possibly be next? Oh, I um, to it. Because I'm really confident that there will be a next. Just how long is this list of issues that Louis got yeah. that he's had to spread it out over? What is it? Four years now. <laughs> if he turns on the saxophone, lady, then we know he's lost it completely.
2: <laughs> he was all about that at the time. Well, that's what happens. Yeah. He
0: walks out on his balcony with his paper, reads it to the neighbors, and then he walks off with a woman going, you know, and that's how he does it. And then you have to give her big applause. You know that he's wearing a dressing gown on the balcony as well,
3: and he's it's. You know, it's not particularly well tied, shall we say. He's wearing only a, shir- <laughs>
0: a, a shirt and he's bottomless. That's what that's he's Yeah. Which I find... It, Donald Duck in it. Yeah. That's, I think that's even weirder than being fully nude, <laughs> to be perfectly honest with
3: you. In some ways, um, it looks
2: more mm,
0: naked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. <laughs> we well, are drawing attention, aren't you?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. If you ever looks- wear socks, during coitus. <laughs> it's not right. All it's right,
2: like so. uh, uh, Ricky Gervais said about like a uh, male nudist I don't know why they don't just go just cut a little hole around where their cock and bollocks are because yeah. that's all that's they it, want to do that's
3: what you say yeah Yeah yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm not sure that's true but then
0: mm. I mean I don't know that much about nudism did you Lion. see what, what? Before we move on, did you see Wade Rooney said that uh, the manager he learnt the most under was uh, Louis Van Gaal. I thought oh, that's, a, that's
2: a lovely little dig at Ferguson. Well, it's a great dig. It's a great Roy Keane dig. Roy Keane yeah. did a great one in that in that that mad show that seems completely mad now, where he sat down face to face with Patrick Vieira. And yeah, they talked yeah. A bit yeah. About their career and their rivalry, and, like um, Smith and Jones. Basically, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot more homoerotic than that, and. Um, and they, uh, and Roy King was after who the best manager he played under was. And, but this, it, it wasn't the fact that he said Brian Clough, which is funny, but it, it's the way, he, it's the, how quickly he said it. Like yeah, the question yeah. wasn't even finished before he just went Brian Clough, like it was trying to yeah. make a point. There's no other reason for it than just to make a point. And then he also mm-hmm. got really pissed off, uh, when, um, he, he had it put to him that Alex Ferguson said, uh, when he was, booked during the Champions League semi-final in 99 mm-hmm. so he knew he'd be suspended for the final Alex Ferguson said under the circumstances it was the best individual performance I've ever seen for one of my players Roy how do you feel about that and Roy Keane said I'm offended to be honest what what else do they expect from me I'm a professional footballer it was my job I'm offended to hear that it's like Roy come on mate come on at least meet you halfway it's it's amazing the fire that burns within that man is (laughs) is, an absolute sight to behold
0: (laughs) oh dear right ladies and gentlemen let's go for a quick break Welcome back to the previous show Foot Football Ramble Daily, sponsored by Betway. Luke Moore, you have fire burning within you for our Patreon.
2: I do a reminder that you can sign up and support us on Patreon, where you'll receive loads of extra behind-the-scenes content and bonus podcast episodes from as little as five dollars a month. We've already released, get this, sixteen pieces of extra content this month, including a weekly episodes of the Mailbag and Ramble On, Marcus's Speller Time vlogs, and a bonus episode with Mark Pugach all about Euro '96. And if you're let uh, you're yet to sign up, then do listen carefully to this because by becoming a patron. football ramble daily this weekend you could win a sonos move portable speaker this durable battery-powered speaker is designed for indoor or outside listening on wi-fi or bluetooth just imagine listening to football ramble daily on that beauty simply sign up at patreon.com forward slash football ramble daily by 5 a.m british time on monday the 1st of june Everyone signed up before the deadline, including those of you who are already Patreon subscribers, will be eligible for the prize. Signing up to a higher tier also makes you more likely to win. So if you sign up to our Supporters Club tier, you'll be entered once into the competition. Mm. If you sign up to our Ramble On tier, you will be entered twice into the competition. And if you sign up for our highest tier, as well as becoming an official friend of the Ramble, your name will be entered three times into the competition. So head to patreon.com forward slash football ramble daily by 5 a.m. this Monday, the 1st of June to enter and we'll announce the winner on this coming Monday's episode of The Ramble. So good luck, and thank you very much for all your support. Saucy. Beautiful. And now it's
0: time for emails with Peter Don.
1: This time emails with me if you'd like to get in touch with the show as that uh, jingle just dictated. It's short at footballrambledaily.com. Hello to Joseph Toms. Morning, chaps. To get us through lockdown, a group of us have been doing a weekly football quiz on a Wednesday night in lieu of midnight uh, midweek football. Uh, these quizzes start with a burst of the Champions League theme, uh, which is lovely, a lovely touch, and then have mm. included a more and more obscure Kevin Keegan question as the weeks have gone on. Last night, we had a question. Who befriended David Hasselhoff whilst playing in Germany and went on to have a cameo in Baywatch asking Pamela Anderson, do you want to see my canary the answer was of course King Kev but this is news to us all uh, I've now spent an, a solid two hours trying to find a clip of what I imagine is incredible TV but with no luck please please can someone with better internet skills than me help a man in need I feel lockdown will be a complete waste without seeing this gem uh, cheers for all the content especially, on, on, especially yeah. on the Patreon keeping a lot of us sent. yeah exactly Joseph thank you for the heads up on this one uh, Joe uh, if anyone can uh, find that on uh, YouTube we would love to see it oh yes And uh, we've got one from uh, James Tortoise. Hello to James. Uh, It's basically talking about capital city champs again in terms of uh, dominance. Since their current leagues were set up, 100% of the titles in Estonia and Northern Ireland have gone to Tallinn and Belfast, respectively. Serbia are just behind, with 65 or 67 leagues being won by a Belgrade team. Got a feel for the little guys over there. That is miserable, isn't it? That's absolutely miserable. (laughs) Uh, Continuing with the the capital supremacy and looking at total wins. If you're not from Budapest, don't bother now. 99 yeah. of the 117 winners uh, have been from Hungary's capital. Vienna and next with 78 wins in Austria. Demax Copenhagen take the bronze with 75 of 106. Uh, and it, 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 I mean, this email is massive, so I'm cutting it down now. But it does end with... Um, uh, oh, and one final thing. British police, actually, the Palestinian uh, police force, won the inaugural Israeli league back in 1932. And that alone has made this whole thing worthwhile. Thank you very much to uh, <laughs> uh, to uh, James for that Good one. Research. Well-researched email.
2: On, on that Pete, the the, the, um, the sort of stimulation for that particular thread of conversation, I think, came from a chapter in Simon Cooper and Stefan Samancy's book Why England Lose, which is now called Soconomics, um, about the idea that uh, in capital cities, there's loads of different distractions, loads of things to do. And so that's why perhaps capital cities aren't as uh, successful at European level as some of their other more industrial, smaller cities um and uh, the reason i'm saying that is just because um it's the subject of our next book club episode which comes out this sunday so if you're interested in that type of chat and all the other kind of interesting human stories around football give that a listen on sunday uh and go and pick up a copy of the book as well um i've got no vested interest in saying that i'm not getting on commission or anything it's just it's a great book and and it's worth worth a read so listen out for that on sunday
1: yeah we're not reading out a uh an amazon affiliate link in full it's just a lot of Digits. Nah. Um, but thank you very much to everyone who got in, in touch this week. There's been a lot of emails, a lot of hefty ones as well, uh, that I wasn't able to read out. So thank you very much. Short at com. if you'd like to say hello. Right, ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for Time Tunnel. Oh, we're in the Time Tunnel, Marcus. We're oh, t- we're in the time tunnel. Ooh. I uh, got the. I, I was lucky enough to uh, be able to choose this week's uh, time tunnel. Uh, I went for one that was uh, released right after Chris Hughton had been uh, ejector-seated, jettisoned from Newcastle United <laughs> after uh, giving them uh, a promotion from the championship, uh, putting the club back together in his own image and, and getting them promoted. Uh, yeah, and Mike Ashley said, see you later. Let's have a bit of Alan Pardew. Time tunnel yeah. this week is a show called Mike Ashley Space criminal Uh, yeah
2: it was uh, it it, it really was his own image Pete because he had black and white hair (laughs) that's true
1: that is true I was uh, very angry in this episode Luke was very quiet in this episode uh, but it it turns out uh, he wasn't just letting everybody else speak he was actually unwell
2: is that true Luke yeah, so I listened back to this episode thinking, "Oh, I quite like this style of broadcasting." For me, this is the only episode I think I've ever done of anything, or I quite enjoy listening to myself back. Then I read the synopsis and realised I was ill. So uh, <laughs> that's probably, <laughs> that's probably why. Uh, and yeah. so I'm looking to try and get um, to try and uh, adjust my uh, adjust my expectations. Yeah,
3: yeah. My favourite moment in it was when. Um the idea of Pardew taking over was raised and you said, don't make me sick in my mouth, Pete. Yeah. yeah.
0: oh,
1: And that was a six, how many years was he in the job? Well,
0: I mean,
3: he's still was, in the job I mean, effectively. The, so. the contract's
0: still going, isn't it? Yeah, yeah 10 years. So. That was, <laughs> so this episode was December 2010. And I think, right, did Pardew come in on, was it like the 3rd of January the following
2: month?
1: I think mm, I can't quite remember. Yeah,
2: yeah, giving dude. a bit of
1: carver time, giving yeah. us some much-needed carver time. <laughs> do you mean the oh, drink yes. carver
2: over Christmas, or do you mean John carver?
1: Yeah, a little bit, little bit, little, little bit of both. Yeah. Jokes work both ways, I reckon.
2: I really, I really enjoyed. Um... Marcus threatening to take Franz Beckenbauer out of the Dean Windass Hall of Fame because his of his behaviour around people <laughs>
3: in the Qatar World Cup. Well I had to take action. Yeah. God, I forgot about that.
2: It was it was like it was like textbook uh, you guys in, in Microcosm because Pete then after that said that in twenty twenty two, don't worry about there not being alcohol available in Qatar because we'll all be taking space drugs by then anyway.
1: Cl- Clary Oxyclean or <laughs> whatever it's called. What's the Trump yeah. doing?
2: Yeah. <laughs> and we and we also we also Discovered, um, I think we discovered Chuck Blazer for the first time.
0: We did. Pete mm. spotted him oh, at the FIFA ceremony, deal. but we didn't know who he was. I was, I was saying, oh, it's the the American guy. I couldn't quite remember, but yeah, you you, you saw him with his big beard
2: there, uh, which was interesting. Oh, but it, this was he was
1: quite a sight. He looked like a touring member of ELO. Fantastic.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Marcus, tell us your favourite quote about Chuck Blazer because you always talk about this and it's funny. Um. Mobility scooter. He had a
0: fleet. Oh, let me. I (laughs) shouldn't know this off by heart. He had a fleet of mobility scooters, so he could move from feast to feast. Was the (laughs) was the something like that? I mean, he really, he really embraced. I mean, he's he's dead now, of course, but he really embraced the uh, the FIFA delicate lifestyle (laughs) in in a way that I I I don't think any others did, quite frankly. And and really took it to heart.
1: He's like, oh, like an dear. old and king yeah, 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 he was so. like an old Oh, he king.
2: definitely a bit of the Henry VIII about him 100%. Oh, yeah. massively, massively yeah. I
3: mean, Henry VIII would have had a mobility scooter if he could have yeah.
2: he, he was on the take so much uh, Chuck <laughs> Lager, And yes, I can say that Because he's no he longer with us um, yeah. He was on the take so much That he had um, two apartments On each side of a corridor In some of the best real estate places in Manhattan And mm. one of the apartments was just being used for his cats Yeah,
0: Yeah, yeah. that was the Trump Tower
2: Oh, there oh, you go. Goodness. Okay,
1: right, yeah. <laughs> Don't libel the cats. They, they might still be alive.
0: Yeah, they <laughs> might be. But that was when the FBI, they they collared him and he tried to get away on his, his little scooter and it's kind of like no. <laughs> <laughs> that. I think, I think they're going to be equipped to catch you. But this episode was when Russia and Qatar were announced as hosts of the 2018 and 2022 World Cups, of course.
1: It, it seems, it, it's, it's funny because like, you sort of go back and like, like Marcus will sort of say, right, who's on time till this week? It'll be me, uh, Luke or, or Jim. And we'll, we'll sort of like scatter and try and find a show. I usually just pick them at random, but there's always something you, like, interesting and kind yeah. of prescient going on. There's something that will have echoes in history. These decisions are get made. VR getting brought in. Things like that. It's like, whoa. It's like, mad. Things are always happening.
0: Well, Franz Beckenbauer spoke straight away after Qatar were given the World Cup saying, well, it could be moved to winter. You think, well, OK. And, and Luke immediately said on the podcast, well, that's inevitable. That will happen. And of course, that was right. But this I find quite, well, I'll let you decide what you think, ladies and gentlemen. Boris Johnson was the mayor of London at the time. And because the World Cup was given to Russia rather than England, he withdrew uh, his offer to FIFA delegates or FIFA executives of a free stay in one of London's swanky hotels, uh, during the 2012 Olympics. And as, as one of you was saying, it might have been you, Luke, that you, if you're going to play that game, don't get upset if someone else get, uses better bribes yeah. and wins it. And then you go, well, you can't <laughs> have my bribes anymore. You know, yeah. just, oh, I'm going <laughs> to take my mask off. I'm actually a massive little Englander. Watch this space.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, he did try and sell him one of his water cannons. Remember when, the, the, when he was manning bought yeah. all his water cannons for the riots? And, and then they realised they were Ill- illegal.
2: Another really big, um, another really big, well, not really big, but a kind of in- interesting incident uh, from this show. Did you say it was at the beginning of December two thousand and ten? Pete, is that right? I think it was the eighth of December. I believe 8th, so. Yeah. 8th, okay. It's called Mike Ashley Space Criminal. Yeah, that one. Yeah. And and, uh, and he, um, we covered a Jose Mourinho. I think who had just <laughs> taken the job at Real Madrid, <laughs> right? Yeah. And uh, he, I mean, I think I, could, I'm pretty sure I can say it's because he got, um, he got, ba- he got busted for it. Uh, that the um Javi Alonso and um, I think it was Sergio Ramos, yeah, it engine. It was kind of it was it was alleged that it was engineered that they were so that they got picked up yellow cards and they were booked so they missed the final group game of the Champions League rather than the first knockout stage. And mm-hmm. um, Mourinho, Mourinho, got they got sent off, mad. I think, I think, they got yeah, he, he got he did, yeah, and he said, um. He got sent off for violating some technical area protocol or something. And he went to town. It was vintage Mourinho. He said, this is not mm. a suspension. This is a medal. And I wear it with pride because when other managers <laughs> do this, it's fine. But when I do it, this is what happens. It's a medal for me. It was, it yeah. was like vintage Mourinho when he went properly, <laughs> properly sort of um, quite sinister when he started That's poking rough. people's eyes and doing all that weird stuff on Real Madrid. Mm. It, that was a real nice kind of trip down a, let's be, let's be honest, a quite horrific memory lane.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I quite like the idea of a suspension medal It's such a confusing
0: message They should have to wear it Like a sort of dunce hat Right ladies and gentlemen It's now time for The Masked Winger
1: Who's under
2: there
1: Under the mask Let's see if we can figure it out See if we can figure it out It's the Masked Winger It is time for the Masked Winger It's a lot of me in this, uh, in the back end of the show Apologies everyone uh, This no, uh, message comes it. from uh, Frederick Page Thank you Frederick Page for this particular nomination Are you guys ready for a little bit of Masked Winger?
2: I yes. think I'm on a hat yeah. trick, aren't I? Am I on a hat Ooh. trick? Oh, are you on a hat trick? You might <gasps> well. Be, yeah. I think I'm on De Guzman, Gera, and this is a hat trick, isn't it?
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, beautiful. I mean, last week's uh, was very much uh, like absolute prime Luke Moore performance in this. So yeah. I, mm. I, I think lockdown's been, uh, been very. I've come
2: into my own, I think. To you. Yeah. yeah. Away from all the pressure. And, it's, and,
1: it's and that new silent City keyboard you bought is lovely, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, right. First clue. Born on the 27th of August, 1985 in Yugoslavia. I have Jim. made... Yes? Nico Crenshaw. It's not Nico Crenshaw. Ooh. I have made 377 apps, scoring 140 goals and counting. 60 of those goals were scored for teams on the British Isles.
3: Ooh. Could you Ooh. repeat that one, please?
1: I have made 377 apps, appearances, uh, scoring 140 goals and counting. 60 of those goals were scored for teams on the British Isles. Luke. Okay. Is it Eduardo? It's not Eduardo. It's not Eduardo. He'd have been born in Brazil. In in 2007, I was first called to my international team, which is a wonderful wonderful way to say it. Uh, However, I did not make my full debut until 2009. I've scored six goals and represented my country at Euro 2012 and World 2014. Again, a lovely way to say the World Cup. Marcus, (laughs) Mm. Jordan Shaqiri. It's not sure on Shaqiri. Oh, oh. Right, he's, too, he's too
2: young. I think he's too young, yeah. isn't
1: he? Yeah. I miss-hit across the deflected off Marcelo, uh, res- resulting in the first goal of the 2014 World Cup. We went on to lose three-one. That's, ah. That's, That's a clue. That's a big clue. clue. That. That's a big one. That. It's not that long ago either.
2: Marcus, do us all a favor. What was the first game of World Cup 2014?
1: Um, mm. It was.
0: I think it, well, you're on a hat trick, Luke, and you, as you know, I love an assist. Um, so, uh, <laughs> it was uh, Brazil versus Croatia. No, no. it Doesn't really help, does it? No. Well, it does. You now know it's. Yeah, not, it, does, uh... it, you're right, it does. Well, answer the... it then. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're building towards that, Jim. Jim doesn't
2: want no. me. A hat- Jim doesn't want me to get a hat trick. That's really no. I'm just, I don't mind. But
1: uh, what, what? What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In 2010. In 2010, I completed a four million pound move to a Scottish outfit, uh, presumably not killed. Oh, a uh, Luke! Uh, you got it.
2: Is it? It's got to be. I can't remember his fucking first name. Oh, I, I'm, str- I'm struggling with
0: his first name as well. Is it Nikola
2: oh! Yulevich?
1: It it's is. Nikika or Nikisa Jelovic. Congratulations, yeah. oh, Luke. i am giving you yes. that one well because done. I wasn't sure well whether it's Nikica or well Nikisa. Played. I think it's Nikisa. He we went to Rangers <laughs> for four
2: million, I remember. That's
1: right. Yeah. The whole city as well. He did indeed. Yeah. He left for a team that played their football 2017 miles south of Ibrox. Wow. Pushed out the team by an emerging Romelu Lukaku in 2013-14, who did not score a goal until January. The big bald fraud. Thank you very much.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I returned to my club early following the 2014 World Cup due to the sale of my strike partner Shane Long and my team's one and only unsuccessful voyage into Europe's early qualifying rounds. The team selection of Steve and Bruce being called indecently weakened. <laughs> very enjoyable. <laughs> he's now playing out in, uh, China, in, in China. Of course is. Weijou, uh, so thank you very
2: much to uh, Fred Page for that one. Oh, I bet he's hoovering up some cash. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he went through a phase of being actually pretty good for um, Everton, yeah. didn't he, Ilovic? Yeah. yeah, he's a good player. Mm. Yeah, yeah
1: I, I enjoyed his movement.
2: Did, he, did, did you guys? Did he, did he get the? Did he get awarded the goal, Marcus, in that World Cup game, or was it given as an own goal? oh I can't remember. If
0: only I had some sort of device that could help me with this uh, at this moment in time.
1: Not allowed. We're still in. The, we're still in the confines of the masked oh, winger. Okay. And now Sorry. the masked winger has ended. You can do all the googling you like, Marcus.
0: Okay. Yeah, it was a Marcelo own goal. Huh. <laughs> yeah, okay. Interesting. Well.
2: Nice one, Morsey. Very well played, sir. You should yeah, be bloody proud of yourself. Yeah, when we get back in the studio, it'll be uh, business as usual, I'm sure. <laughs> there Absolutely. will be questions asked. There will be questions asked. <laughs> my head is held <laughs> high. And my head, I would never I would what's <laughs> worth cheating cheat uh, the mass winger or cheating friends? <laughs> 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 what well, they
0: Speaking of cheating friends, a reminder that we're watching uh, Diamantino for Pete's Film Club on Monday. Mm. So uh, do watch that. Recommended. Uh, that Portuguese film, which. Uh, I mean, you've literally
2: recommended a... it. Yeah, well, yeah. Yes, indeed. I've recommended I just... that you guys
1: play, play along, but I mean, other people may have lost um, confidence in me after go three. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, we man. may be back on form with a good film
0: we may well be. Uh, tomorrow on Greatest Games Jonathan Wilson and I have Adam Rutherford the host of Inside Science on BBC Radio 4 talking about his beloved Ipswich Town beating Barnsley 4-2 in a very entertaining playoff final which was the last competitive club fixture at the old Wembley Stadium 20 years and 1 day ago to the day. By the Lovely time it comes stuff out tomorrow. Yeah, George Burley was in charge of the Ipswich Town team that boasted Marcus Stewart, Tony Mowbray and Matt Holland among others. So uh, get your ears around that lot. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to the preview show on Football Ramble Daily, sponsored by Betway. Have a marvellous weekend and say goodbye, Jim Campbell. Goodbye, Jim Campbell. Say goodbye, Luke Moore. Goodbye, everyone. Say goodbye, PED.
1: Oh, I've just got a notification on the Join the Juice app.
0: And it's goodbye from me.